Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Kernels of Truth by Progress Kentucky. Uh, we've got a very special episode for you all tonight. First, we're going to do a quick news of the week. Uh, we're going to cover uh, you know, some pushback against our fair governor from the GOP super duper majority. Uh, we're going to cover uh, what he's doing uh, you know, without their support. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about a few quick stories. We've got uh, news under two minutes, three minutes. We'll see. Um, and brought to you by Kimberly Cecil Jones. Uh, and then we have got a, a fantastic guest, Matt Alley, labor writer, good troublemaker, to discuss the labor movement's moment. Uh, I'm sure everyone's uh, heard right now we are in the middle of strike-tober. Uh, we've got some uh, really impressive efforts to claim uh, worker power and worker uh, compensation. Uh, and really excited to hear from him kind of what, what's going on on the ground and on the picket line. Uh, but first, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? We absolutely know our Commonwealth has work to do if we're going to beat back the tide of bad politics and bad policy from Frankfurt, from the efforts to stop teaching history that makes white parents uncomfortable to blocking our governor from doing well, anything. Uh, we need help to stand effectively against the GOP super duper majority. If you want a Commonwealth that works for all of us, please join Progress Kentucky. We make it very easy. Uh, there's not membership dues. It's not, it's not like a labor union. Uh, all you need to do is you know, share our content, like our content, uh, maybe join our email list uh, and keep in the know that way. But uh, we'd love to have your support because it's going to take uh, many hands to get done what we want to get done. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the show. Uh, as you know, we are a digital demonstration for a more compassionate Commonwealth. It's not, you know, just talking heads on the interwebs. Uh, so bring your protest sign. What's your protest sign say today? Uh, you can put it in the chat. Uh, if we like it, we can share it on the screen so everyone can see it. Um, and my son, uh, who are you? Where are you? And what does your protest sign say today? Uh, so I'm Aaron Viles. I'm coming to you from Childsburg, uh, a neighborhood in Kentucky, uh, Lexington, Kentucky, rather. And my protest sign says today, uh, workers' rights are human rights. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about that a little bit more later with our guest. Uh, I'll throw it to my friend, uh, Kimberly Cecil Jones. Hello, Aaron. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for, for, right, for joining us right. every, every Wednesday evening. We appreciate it so much, Kimberly. <laughs> well, I'm right here in Louisville, Kentucky, in Jefferson County. And my protest sign says today, we have to do something for the people. Something. That's what mine says today. I got we it. We have to do something for the people. Talking about Congress. Oh, yeah. Today's a big day, maybe. Or maybe not. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe it'll just be a, another day. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. There's like there's urgency, and then there's maybe just not any urgency. So Right. Uh, it's all a big question mark in D.C. right now. But uh, I hope they hear your sign. And I hope they do the right thing. Uh, <laughs> Doug, how are you doing this evening, Doug? I'm doing well tonight, Aaron and Kimberly. I'm coming to you from Cynthiana in Harrison County, the Maiden City. My sign says, I'm going to hold it up. Kentucky Republican, Republican leadership sings Frank Sinatra song, Do It My Way. They do it their way. Yeah. Uh, wait. Do we know what the maiden city, why, why Cynthiana is the maiden city? 
I knew you were going to ask that, so I looked it up. Nice. And so, what's find, the answer? <laughs> I couldn't find why. <laughs> you looked without finding. You sought right. to answer the question. It is an unanswerable question. It's clearly their love of Iron Maiden. I'm sure it's because Iron Maiden uh, music is very popular uh, in Cynthiana at the founding. Uh, hey, so let's move on. Let's let's cover uh, let's cover the stories that you need to know uh, with the Progress Kentucky uh, trademark analysis of uh, uh, of what's happening in Kentucky politics. The first story comes to us from Doug. Uh, yes, I think most people would agree that the most powerful Republican persona in Kentucky, not named Trump, is Senator Mitch McConnell. Please. Recently, the leaders of the Kentucky House and Senate took a measure from Mitch McConnell's playbook, talking out of both sides of their mouth when it works best for them. Soon after, Governor Bashir announced a proposal to award certain workers for their efforts during the pandemic, the Republican leaders ignored the reach out by the governor. This follows the majority party continually complaining when the governor made decisions that needed to be made quickly during the pandemic. They were always complaining that the governor should have consulted them. Governor Bashir floated a plan on October 4th to use $400 million of federal funds next year to give bonuses to frontline essential workers employed throughout two full years of the COVID-19 pandemic. The proposal received some tentative support from healthcare groups, along with some initial uncertainty over including bonuses, for non-health workers and wait until next year to implement them instead of a special session this fall. The governor said he would send legislative leaders his recommendations and draft framework for a bonus plan in the next seven to 10 days. And that would honor the work that those folks, these folks have done and to encourage them to continue their employment. Bashir's announcement comes as Republican Senate President Robert Stivers had pushed the governor for weeks to call the Kentucky General Assembly back into a special session to immediately fund recruitment and retention bonuses for hospitals and nursing homes dealing with workforce shortages. However, the governor said his plan could wait to be approved after the legislature returns to Frankfurt in January for the 2022 session would also fund several other categories of essential workers besides those in the healthcare field. On October 12th, Governor Bashir proposed that legislative leaders select six lawmakers, four Republicans and two Democrats to join a work group to fill in details of his plan. Legislators would join members of Bashir's administration on the group. They would try to reach consensus on key issues which professions should be included, and the appropriate number of payments. Throughout each phase of the pandemic, Governor Bashir noted brave Kentuckians showed up every day to perform essential work at the risk of harm to themselves and their families. We look forward to working in collaboration and seeking an approach that provides a positive incentive to all essential workers to continue their employment in the coming months knowing they are appreciated and there is something to look forward to as we work to defeat this virus. Bashir's letter on essential worker bonuses was sent to Senate President Robert Stivers 
and House Speaker David Osborne, both Republicans, and to the chamber's top-ranking Democrats, Senator Morgan McGarvey and Representative Joni Jenkins. Democratic lawmakers agreed to collaborate with the governor, but House Speaker David Osborne and Senate President Robert Stivers said they would welcome reviewing the proposal through the legislature's regular policymaking process. The House majority will continue to approach this policy discussion as we do every piece of legislation we pass by collaborating with stakeholders and engaging with the executive branch, David Osborne said in a separate statement. We look forward to the administration's input, but would advise that any proposals focusing on bolstering the workforce, getting Kentuckians back to work, and removing the barriers that stand in the way of our economy moving forward. On a personal note, for several years, I have attended numerous legislative hearings and spoken on behalf of pension reform and other matters. From my perspective, it seems that prior to speaking, you already know the outcome. The Republican-controlled legislature has proven repeatedly that they make the decision and it does not matter what the people think or the governor proposes, they know better and they will make the ultimate decision. Additionally, it's my belief that the leadership determines what will happen and really the other members of the legislature are merely figureheads. Now the Republican leadership owns this process. It is their ball, their court, and they will make decisions without input from the governor or all of the people. One thing is for certain, Republican legislators will be inundated by groups and their lobbyists in the forefront I believe the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce will be right there and other organizations that seek to serve a certain segment of society as opposed to the good of the people. And that's my report on this story. You guys have any comments? I, I do. Uh, it is staggering. The hypocrisy, the both, as he said, the both sides of the rounds, right? The idea that they complained up and down about this governor not including them and not consulting with them. And then when he's like very clearly looking to, you know, and the way he structured it was like clearly they were going to have the biggest voice in the conversation, uh, you know, four to two, I think, four uh, Republicans to two Democrats. Like, you know, he was he was acknowledging the reality of their, uh, you know, their kind of upper hand in the legislature. Uh, so it was you know, just so gross to, to, to see them just like totally stiff arm the governor who's like trying to do the right thing for our state and right thing for essential workers. I also love the number that $400 million, like, you know, the fact that that matches what we were spending uh, to bring that Ford battery plant, the amount of money that we're uh, providing for those Ford battery plants. Uh, I thought that was really, um, you know, appropriate, right? Like, yeah, we clearly need these huge corporate investments and we we're going to match some resources to help bring them here. Uh, but, you know, what we really also want to do is help Help, help the workers, uh, the folks who've been on the front lines. And so, you know, I hope that money, you know, I hope that money gets allocated in a way that is equitable uh, to people's commitment and to people's you know, sacrifices during this pandemic. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm nervous now that the Democrat, the Re Republicans are just going to like, you know, run it as some sort of giveaway to, to big business, because that's what they seem to like to give our tax dollars to is big business. Uh, what about you, Kimberly? 
Actually, um, Aaron, you and Doug Price said everything that needed to be said. I'm going to pass on a comment on this because you don't want to get me started, yes. but you said everything that I wanted to say. Nice. Uh, well, hey, so we're going to move on to story number two, uh, which we are covering. You know, thankfully, there are some things the governor can do without the legislature. Uh, and I got news this week that the governor has awarded uh, $16.5 million for clean drinking water projects in our state. So important infrastructure improvements in Henry County, Jefferson County, Oldham County, and Trimble County. Uh, and this is part of, you know, these are federal resources, largely. There's some state money that's been put in there. This is part of the Better Kentucky Plan that the governor has uh, has allocated these federal resources with some state resources too. Uh, and if you'll see there, you know, wild, uh, you know, some of these, these projects are incredibly expensive. Some are a little more modest, uh, but uh, they all help provide clean drinking water and better sewage to, uh, to communities uh, in Kentucky. Uh, and, you know, that's one of the three priorities, right? So this, this, Better Kentucky plan will prioritize, uh, I think, $200 million for water, $250 million, uh, I would say $200 million for, uh, for school, $250 million for sewage and water, uh, $600 million for broadband connectivity across Kentucky. So, you know, we know Kentucky struggles with water infrastructure failures. We've had Nina and uh, Mickey McCoy on from Martin County, I think a couple of times to detail how horrible how unsafe uh, their water is due to kind of poor management and the coal impacts to to those communities. So there's a real need here, and I think that you know 200 million is probably, uh, dare I say, a drop in the bucket of what needs to be done. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see additional resources coming to communities as well. But it's you know it's a, certainly a good start, and it's more than these water systems have seen really in decades. Right? This is a very big federal commitment from the American Rescue Plan, but there is more money on the horizon, right? So if Congress uh, can get their act together and pass the infrastructure plan and the, um, you know, the Build Back Better bill, these kind of two tracks, uh, we will see significant uh, increases in resources coming for these types of projects. But, you know, this is a start for sure. Uh, and of course, before anyone takes credit for these federal resources, <laughs> every single Republican voted against that that plan, right? So the American Rescue Plan had no support from any Republican. And and if you look at the uh, the you know the infrastructure plan, there was some bipartisan support there. Uh, so uh, we'll give them a little bit of credit uh, in the Senate side of you know getting across the filibuster or not filibustering. Uh, but then we'll see what happens with Build Back. You know that's the big news right now is that we don't know what's happening with the Build Back, Build Back Better bill. Uh, but you know, that means a lot of resources for Kentucky too. So people like should keep their eyes open for that one, but yeah. Uh, anyone want to weigh in on this, this modest investment, uh, in clean water for our state? I'll jump in. I, I just have to say something. Um, you mentioned that no Republicans voted for it. Right. I guarantee you that if there is any opportunity for Mitch McConnell to come to Kentucky and to, hand out a check or say he's handing out a check and what a great job that he's doing for Kentuckians, then Mitch will be there because, you know, that's our Mitch. Um, um, and, yeah. and one other thought I have, you mentioned Martin County. Uh, situation there is dire with their water supply. And I'm hopeful that uh, perhaps Martin County can 
receive some funds to help them, um, I don't know, attack the tremendous problem they have with uh, coal companies damaging the water supply and then outdated equipment and piping and all that stuff because they, they sure could use the money. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, you know, as those, uh, those dollars queue up, I think, you know, assuming, assuming, which I probably shouldn't assume anything on this one, but you know, if, if the bills get passed, uh, that two track approach works, uh, we'll definitely be checking back in with our friends in Martin County to see uh, see if improvements are happening because you know that's the the challenge I think and uh, is that this is you know the American Rescue Plan dollars great that they showed up really important stuff but the Build Back Better agenda is far more uh, aggressive and you know and more in keeping with the needs right because we just we as a nation have not invested in ourselves we've just allowed you know that that corporate tax rate to just get cut down and down and down uh and the amount of resources we've been spending on in investing in our nation uh have just plummeted precipitously you know it's like the affordable care act was one thing but that was you know that was a small drop in the bucket in terms of health care uh this could be even bigger if it happens and if you know Kristen Cinema goes along with uh and Joe Manchin goes along with a few things uh but you know why is it so important that you get every single Democrat? Well, that's because every single Republican is voting against it, right? You know, and I know that people get a little bit frustrated to, you know, keep talking about Kristen Cinema or Joe Manchin, but that's because there's not a single, you know, Mitch will not let a single Republican break ranks uh, on that package, even if it's the right can thing I, to do. Can I just break in for one moment, Aaron? Uh, number one, here in Jefferson County, we were always known for having like the best and cleanest water in the entire country. So what happened with that? Number two, did Mitch McConnell tell Kristen Cinema to wear that blue jean vest as she was presiding that day? Did you all <laughs> see question. that? Even I have to say... You know, sometimes I'm a little casual, right? But I mean, my goodness, like you're like, girl, get some clothes. Like, what's up? Kristen Cinema's wardrobe. What was that? I, I, you know, it's fraught. It's fraught for me as a white male to comment on Kristen Cinema's wardrobe. But I will say the number one comment I, I think uh, that she's making is look at me. <laughs> that is 100%, I think, what she's trying to get people to do. Well, I didn't know if she was a senator or if she was getting ready to go on stage being in a band, actually. I didn't know which one it was. Well, I'm going to say, as a black female, that was very unprofessional as a senator, period. Done. Doug, wardrobe comments? Uh, I, can't, I can't argue about that. Uh, I will say, I'm certain all of you all saw a vote. I don't remember what the vote was, but she pranced forward and she walked out in front of everybody and she didn't say yay or nay. Uh, she just said with a little curtsy. Yeah. That was, you know, the $15 an hour minimum wage. Right. So that's, um, that was her effort to, I think evoke her professed idol, uh, you know, the Maverick John McCain, who famously turned down Trump's uh, efforts to overturn the uh, Fair, uh, Affordable Care Act with a, the thumbs down. But, you know, 
for whatever reason, it just didn't strike me as nearly as annoying when he did it. Uh, because, you know, I wanted to see the American, uh, you know, the Obamacare, st- you know, remain in place. And I really actually wanted to see that $15 an hour minimum wage. Uh, so obviously I was predisposed to not like uh, like her move. But it did seem a little, I think I've heard it said, it seemed less like a thumb and more like a middle finger. Yeah, exactly. All right. So words right out of my brain. (laughs) I'm going to throw it to you, Kimberly. You've got the news in under two, maybe three minutes. Uh, No, I changed it on here. See, I I can't see that. News in three minutes or left. Well, when I when I printed out the run of show, it said two minutes or less. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm gonna. I feel like singing that Bobby Brown song. My prerogative. I don't know. But anyway, getting to the news. Clock me this time, Aaron. Clock me, Doug Price, please. The lieutenant governor. She stepped down as the cabinet secretary uh, for education and workforce development, which I couldn't really understand that in the beginning. But okay, she stepped down at this particular time and to fo- focus exclusively on her role as the lieutenant governor. Okay, with the priority of further expanding job opportunities for Kentuckians as the Commonwealth's economy gains even more momentum. So speaking of leaving jobs right now, how about this? Kentucky is the leading in the nation. We are leading in the nation, you guys. Okay, and folks quitting their job. Like Kentucky is like the really big, big, big resignation. Okay. I don't know what's going on in Kentucky, but how about this? In August, 84,000 people quit their jobs and the quit rate was like 4.5% as of August, but it got a bump of a 1.4% increase from the month prior, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Oh, my favorite. From Hee Haw. How about Dolly Parton? Dolly Parton's doing something great for Kentucky. Get your pens and your paper ready. Because you know when I come on, I always got something for you to write down. Write down this first. Imaginationlibrary.com forward slash Kentucky. I'm going to tell you why. Because Dolly Parton has committed herself to giving your child, grandchild, great-grandchild, your neighbors, nieces, nephews, whomever, a free book each month until the time they are five years old. So check out that website to learn more about it and make sure that it's in your area, okay? Uh, Also, Kentucky governor, that would be Mr. Andy Shear. He's saying that yes, you could get some of your funeral expenses paid if you happen to have passed on with COVID after January the 20th. Yes, altogether, so many people have applied already. About $18 million has gone into that so far. And that money per se is coming right now from, let me look in my notes, it's coming right now so far through the great and wonderful uh, disaster assistance. So if you'd like to know more information about that, go to disasterassistance.gov. Once again, that's disasterassistance.gov. And you can find out a little bit more about that there. The next story I have coming up really, really quick is a potential Mitch McConnell rival 
finally is cleared after years of the Republicans' complaints. Do you have any idea who that individual may be? I'll give you one second to guess. Okay, you're probably wrong. It's Matt Jones. Yes, Matt Jones, who's the host of the popular talk show called Kentucky Sports Radio, was temporarily taken off the air because he was running, he was thinking of running against Mitch McConnell. So all of Mitch McConnell and his cronies got together and said, hey, iHeartMedia is kind of like giving you this soft approach of having more exposure for your supposedly maybe going to possible candidacy. So uh, also, I like to also put into this as well. The Department of Justice is nowhere near finished investigating the Louisville Metro government or the Louisville Metro Police Department, which is the police department that has accredited fame and it's kind of bad. So I'm going to put a thumbs down like Krista because of the Brianna Taylor um, execution, as I would call it. But they're saying that to make these necessary changes, that Jefferson County would have to come up with about $8 million when the mayor is trying to get more money for Louisville Metro Police officers. So that's my news in three or under. Back to you, Aaron. Or... Or four minutes and 34 seconds. No, you didn't. You just packing <laughs> on. I could go with the 30 something seconds. See, you all see, you all got together. You were texting each other. I know what I you and Jeff were doing. I know. Texting each other. Look at, he came up with the same number I came up with. We were both independently verified that you blew I past bet three you, minutes. I gave you all kinds of information that's going on. I'm not, hey, I'm I'm not arguing. Four minutes and 32 seconds. I'm not arguing the value of I'm the information. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. saying, I'm I'm just just saying that, you know, you said, you said three, you, you wanted three minutes. Uh, I was saying two. Uh, clearly it needs to be. Under five minutes, I guess. Uh, Aaron. I, yes. Let me just say this. We could get gangsta or we could have this quarter. How you want to go about this? <laughs> I don't want to get gangsta. I'm going to see you on Sunday. I'm going to see you Sunday. I love you, Dougie Price. My other brother over there. Oh, no. All I did, all I did Kimberly, just Cecil Johns, was to do what you said. You said, take me. I, you know, I timed you. I'm just going to say if somebody had let me take out another story, but you know, I'm not going to say anything. We got a great guest tonight and I'm so excited to move forward. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm with you. I am excited about our guest as well. So we are about to hear from Matt Alley, uh, who's the blue collar writer, longtime labor good troublemaker. Uh, But first, if you like what you hear on Kernels of Truth, please consider supporting our efforts with a bit of a financial investment. It doesn't have to be big. We've got a big goal. We've got a goal of raising $1,500 for our current organizing projects, which you can come out and hear about on Sunday. Uh, But we are, we are, you know, we're not as close as we'd like to be. Uh, So if you want to make a donation, help us turn Kentucky purple. Uh, Folks, we have just 377 days until we've got a chance to fire Rand Paul and celebrate at his retirement party. So if you want to help make that possible, make a donation right now. 
uh, hit us up on ActBlue. Uh, it's secure, it's safe, uh, and if you've got you know one of these ActBlue accounts, it's super quick and easy. So, uh, at any rate, we're going to move on now to uh, to our interview with Matt Alley uh, because I'll be honest, like right now is is the time to be talking about labor. In fact, you know, we bumped a guest to make sure that we could have a conversation about labor uh, this week uh, during what they are calling striketober uh matt how are you doing this evening i am doing great and it's a pleasure to be back how are you all doing tonight you know things are a little bit crazy here i'll be i'll be honest i feel like it feels like we're we're on the knife's edge of having our right. own labor disputes uh, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh and i i don't want to pl- claim the management role that's that's for sure uh no one likes management all right so i uh i know that um you know every time i open up a newspaper or fire up a browser. It seems like there's a new labor story front and center, right? So we've got, you know, uh, so John Deere is happening. We've got, we've had Heaven Hill going on for a while. Uh, Obviously when you were here last, there was a, you know, we're talking about an Alabama coal, uh, coal strike. Uh, There was, you know, there's news about Amazon, maybe, you know, things happening in Amazon. I think a new attempt there. Uh, What is going on? Like what is up with the labor movement? Why is so much happening right now? I have been waiting 20 years for this moment. Um, I believe we finally have workers saying, you know, we don't have to put up with this. I, mean, I believe the pandemic slowed people down enough to say, you know, I'm not getting paid enough. I, I have to put up with too much. Uh, there's change in the air, and I love Raven. It was a good revolution. Um, I mean, right now, I mean, I was looking at stats today 57,800, according to the Department of Labor, have been on strike this year alone. There is definitely change going on, and I love it. As a union organizer, a guy that's second generation union, this is um, the moment where I hope that American workers take back their rights and be compensated, paid well for what their labor they exchange for. Yeah, I hear you. I think, you know, and I, a story that we touched on earlier, Kimberly's, Kimberly's quick rundown uh, under five minutes was the, you know, the fact that people are leaving the workforce, right? So people are like quitting. People are like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with it. Uh, they're, you know, I doubt they're leaving great jobs, right? They're leaving right. jobs that just were not worth it to them. Uh, and I think that sense of what a worker is worth uh, you know, the co- the conversation around Fight for 15, more and more people get that, like, yeah, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to deal with a crappy job that, you know, leaves me on some, you know, poverty treadmill. Uh, but in fact, you know, I'm, I'm worth being compensated and with some benefits so I can live a, a quality life. And I, I'm, I'm here for that. Uh, but can you give us a quick rundown on some of these stories? Like, where are we at? Where, what's going on with Heaven Hill? Uh, you know, uh, that's, of course, the cl- closest to home fight, it seems like right now. Well, I was there on Saturday for about five, five and a half hours because uh, the call went out uh, while the rank and file were going to go in and listen to the contract and vote on it. They were needing people out there to show solidarity. And I was there with members of uh, our friends at AFT uh, 120. Uh, it was Kentucky United um, and other unions. Uh, the Louisville Labor Council was strong there that day. Um, and they accepted the contract. Uh, I don't know the details about it, but it's democratic. And if that's what they wanted, then they got what they voted for. Um, so they're done. So that, so I can resume drinking Heaven Hill bourbon or one of their many brands. If, uh, if I was so inclined. 
As far as I know, yes, because that was the most recent news that I have read. Um, you know, uh, things are still going on. Uh, I don't want to forget about our brothers and sisters in the UMWA in Alabama, seven months on strike. I mean, it's hard to process. And this is, you're not earning your wages. Um, strike funds are limited. So those people are warriors in my book. Um, Kellogg's, I read, is going to be negotiating again next week. John Deere, uh, there was a death today. Uh, it was a traffic accident, it's being called. Um, that occurred on one of their strike lines. So uh, my heart goes out to them and, uh, and their union family and the family of those affected. Um, I was reading also that in California, Kaiser, 50,000 possible employees might be going on strike. That is the most recent news from the Washington Post about it. So. It is October. It could be strike November, December. And um, in 1952, we had 2.7 million on strike. That's been the record so far. So who knows? We might reach it. Wow. Yeah. And so, I, again, I yeah, I saw that that brief blurb about uh, somebody dying at the, uh, at the John Deere strike. And that is just horrible news. It seems like, you know, again, we're, we're in this tribal moment. Uh, not that like labor unions have ever been, you know, universally beloved, right? They've always been right. troublemakers. They've always been fighting for, you know, uh, a group of people, which again, you, why do you fight for it? Because you have to, it's not like if they just gave it to you, you would take it, uh, but you have to fight for it. Uh, but I did think, you know, that that was, you know, you got to imagine there's something happened, right? That it wasn't just an accident, but maybe it was, I don't know. I do think that that heaven Hill story was, uh, relatively instructive, right? Uh, the, uh, the the driver heading into Heaven Hill who decided to make right. a threatening <laughs> gesture at the uh, strikers and then ended up overturning his tanker truck. Uh, yes. That was uh, quite possibly my favorite story of the uh, the striketober was that instant karma moment. Uh, so I think we've got a few other folks queued up to ask you questions. Uh, I know that Doug has one because he's written it down. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Doug, okay. uh, and then we'll ask Kimberly if she's want if she's got something to ask uh, Matt after that. Sure, Matt. Thanks so much for being here. Um, in preparation, I watched a video on your Facebook page, uh, Matt Alley, blue collar writer, about union organizing efforts taking place in other states involving Dollar General. Are there any plans to start this process in Kentucky? It seems like there is a Dollar General store on just about every corner. And I can't, ima I can't imagine it had to be very tough with so many locations scattered across a wide area to try to unionize. Do you have any thoughts? Well, it always comes down to do the workers want to contact the union to organize? That is always the key. I mean, this thing about us going out as unions and targeting, yeah, there has been corporate campaigns in the past, but... It comes down to if the workers don't want it, then you're wasting union members dues money. And that's not what we do. So if uh, workers at a location, which is always by location, uh, in most cases, if they wanted to organize, um, they would have to be contacting a local union that deals in retail. I would be the best bet. And uh, I've heard nothing, but, uh, you know, you run into franchising and labor laws and things like that. I would love to see every dollar general be unionized. And for the jobs that are in Kentucky, and you are correct, 
they are feel like they're every 20 miles and that would be a great workforce um but i've heard nothing i wish um someone would get something like that started Re it was retail needs more unions oh yeah that's absolutely true Re retail is you know it you know retail is a tough gig right uh and yeah. it shouldn't be you know they they treat you they don't treat you well in that industry from all all reports i've heard uh, so uh, it seems like that's a place that could absolutely use some some representation and some negotiation. Uh, Kimberly, do you have a, have a question for Matt? Yes, I do. Hi, Matt. Nice to see Hi. you. Again. Um, you all were talking about retail. I used to be a salaried uh, executive sales manager for Macy's in retail. I currently have my son who's a stylist and works in the men's department. Why is it that uh, there are employees at other establishments that are, I mean, during these economic times, they're getting paid more money than what a big box real retailer like uh, Macy's is paying. And how could someone actually start a union? I know that when I was in management for Macy's, I remember us receiving paperwork, uh, about if someone, if you knew anything about the union, let HR know, if you heard anything on the floors, um, that type of deal. Wouldn't that be intimidation perhaps uh, to the hourly employees if they wanted to unionize, which I think right now they should. And my second question, Matt, is also with all of this chain supply situation going on and all across the country and especially the great resignation is happening right here in Kentucky when it comes to manufacturing, uh, when it comes to truck drivers, what can the union do about that? So those are my my two part question, I'd say. Well, first, let's. Um you are right about intimidation, uh, but the anti-union tactics are, well, they're kind of stacked against us within labor law. Uh, the things are that you have the right to form a union, but you're never going to hear that from your employer. Uh, they naturally don't want one. Uh, even though that you could go to some of the most successful businesses like UPS and they know things work better if you have everyone there that is trained professionals the very best they can be and take pride in their work you have a more productive workforce um and look at everything else from television to movies to logistics they're usually the best are unionized and that says a lot about you know unions and the workforce and people that are that that will make a commitment to the said job and want to make a lifetime job out of it until they retire um, retail has always been one of those things, just kind of like the restaurant industry where they tried to have rely on such a, a turnover of broke employees, um, that they would never stick around because the wages were always kept low. Um, they was always going to be moving on to something else. And then one day post NAFTA, there wasn't that many other jobs to keep going and evolving up. The, it was a ladder to. And then suddenly so many people were having to work retail for the rest of their lives and nobody really wanted to see or admit that was coming despite some of the screaming bloody murder back in the 90s when NAFTA happened um, and the, the jobs were being shipped over overseas in man, manufacturing and whatnot. Um, 
what's going on with the ports right now is being resolved as best it can. There's a lot of new labor changes going on in California that are being implemented that have been wonderful to help workers, um, especially the ports. It was ports of LA. Um, I, you know, there has been a lot of wage theft that has went on out there and these changes are very welcome. Um, specifically, this also shows what happens when you have a governor who is pro-worker and can get things done and it can benefit workers, you know, 99.9% of us in the world. So, <clears throat> and uh, would you care to repeat your last part about the questions about uh, the second part to the question? Oh, sure. And, and then you made me have another one too. Okay. Uh, because Macy's in New York is union. Right. The store in New York is union. So can unions like just have, I guess they're doing it, but I just wonder, could the Macy's in Louisville just be unionized, right? Instead of the one in Lexington. And then my second question was, what can these businesses do with the union with uh, the chain supply problem and the lack of the workforce, people, you know, leaving left and right from the, you know, truckers and manufacturing, things like that. Well, I mean, there is a very serious shortage right now of uh, truck drivers. Um, they went to the independent contractor model since somewhere in the 90s, and that has produced a very major, major problem. Um, as far as the unions can be working with those who deal in logistics, who are unionized, that's the key, uh, about hiring more workers. I mean, it still comes down to the employer um in every case now and that also answers your question about the macy's thing it's always going to come down to the workers working at the said store or said wherever that are going to have to make the choice that they want to unionize um and when that happens we're always going to be here to be very happy to help them in the process that that makes sense thanks matt uh Thank so again one question I've got. So obviously the you know the Biden administration far more friendly to you know to union concerns. Where you know where are we at with things like the PRO Act uh, or you know what's the status of the NLRB? I know that the you know the the NLRB had basically been you know just defanged completely under Trump. I think they didn't have enough appointees to even you know move forward on certain things because they just right. you know tried to weaken it to to, in, you know, inability to do anything. Uh, where are we at from a federal perspective right now, Matt? Well, right now it is, uh, it is heaven pretty much to have, uh, it was our union brother, Mark Dirty Walsh in as um, the uh, NLRB secretary. Uh, he's a union man, uh, kind of second generation union family. Um, and he's very pro union and pro worker. Uh, finally, we have someone that uh, is there fighting for workers who is in charge. Um, and you're right, the the NLRB was defanged tremendously under the Trump administration because everything was just, well, it was very pro-corporation, pro-company. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of interesting little notes and changes going on where there's been a lot of wins for us as workers 
uh, and uh, just see it continuing. Now, you said about the PRO Act and other things like that, we're still stuck at where we have the same support for it. But just uh, as mainly, it was the Democrats. And uh, but getting anything to move forward, it's the same stalemate. So, right. So the same, you know, the same concerns we've run into with Mitch, you know, wielding that uh, filibuster right. at every turn for anything that you know has a progressive outcome, uh, you know, or not even progressive outcome, right? <laughs> like the Freedom right. to Vote Act. Don't people like freedom? Don't people like voting? Why can't this mansion compromise legislation? You know, get moving. It's because uh, Mitch, you know, wields an iron fist in terms of that. Del- you know that. The Republican are in lockstep in stopping the Biden administration, uh, and so they're going to use that filibuster on anything that the Biden administration would point to as a sign of success or victory. So I know that the that Pro Act is like you know the, it's got the the target right there on it in terms of things they're they're not going to be able to pass on a straight up and down vote. Uh, so right. you know again that gets back to like if we want if we want action out of this you know these kind of waning days right so like midterms another year. Then it's two years that later, and that's you know kind of the end of the Biden administration. Who knows what happens at midterms? Although you know history being a guide, it's not terribly hopeful for the party in power, especially with such narrow, narrow majorities. Uh, you know, in in the Senate, not even really a majority. Uh, so you know, if you want to get anything done, now is the time. We have a year to get anything done. Exactly matters, but uh, that means. Uh, reforming uh, the filibuster, and you know that means getting folks like Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema on board. I'm so tired of hearing those names, but you know it all really does come down to them because they're the they're the holdouts on a whole set of issues. Um, but uh, but yeah, sorry to hear that the Pro Act is also one of those issues that gets held up uh, by just the dynamics and this you know uh, this archaic uh, filibuster that keeps uh, majorities from being able to pass what they want to pass. Uh, all right. So any final thoughts you want to leave our uh, our viewers with, Matt, about where labor is and what we should be doing to support the labor movement right now? I would be uh, I would first say just keep track of what's going on with Stroctober because this is history in the making. Uh, as far as supporting labor for unions and your fellow workers, stay on top of the news, know what's going on and also watch for our boycotts if you really want to help. You know, you got to hit those kind of things in. It was the pocketbook because that's where they start listening that. And also just understand that labor history is important. And we are going to keep repeating this until people learn this is an ongoing battle and it always will be. Um, so my, my best advice is, you know, keep it. It was keeping your hands on a swivel, pay attention to what's going on, and know that if there is something that affects one worker, it's going to affect you. Because if they can get away with one thing, they are going to try it somewhere else. Because here's the thing, the corporations and corporate America, and they hate unions, but they have their own little unions themselves there, and in which they share ideas and they see what works. And it's all about greed. And this is a battle that never forget. You have the power as workers. You have it. These companies don't move without you. They need you more than you need them. Never forget that. 
That's awesome. That's good. Good advice for sure. Uh, one question you'd mentioned, you know, kind of keeping an eye on, you know, the different strikes and the different, you know, who's calling for a boycott. So can you, do you know, is, is, is the Kellogg strike, is that one where we need to give up our frosted flakes for now? Uh, yes. There, yes. All right. So that you've heard Fair of folks. The, but the Oreos are back on the menu, right? We can we can get the Oreos again because they've settled it uh, at Nabisco, right? Well, yes, but uh, just also make, make sure to look to see where it's made, okay? If you can buy, it was American made and not, and not the ones made in back. It was in Mexico. That does a lot to help out our, our American workforce that still works for them. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so look at your labels, folks. Kellogg's. Find some other breakfast cereals, uh, folks, right now uh, to support, uh, show some solidarity uh, for the folks working hard there. John Deere, is that a, is that also a, a boycott? For right now, yes. All right. So, you know, off on that big purchase until they get their act together there for sure. So at any rate, uh, I want to just say thanks again, Matt, for giving us the kind of the lowdown on the labor movement and, and this mo moment that they are having. And we want to, we hope it continues and hope that workers continue to, you know, fight for better conditions, better pay uh, and, you know, better hours, uh, which, you know, I think I was really glad to hear. I think Kevin Hill did such a great job telling the story. Right. And they had such good kind of like, Hey, look, <laughs> we want to have our weekends. They say they're a family uh, company and they treat us like family. Well, you know what? Family doesn't work on weekends. Family gets weekends w with their family. And I just thought that that was, it was so easy to understand kind of what they were fighting for there. Uh, and it really did. It makes you think, right? Like, oh yeah, everyone does deserve a weekend. Exactly. Labor union fought for that weekend. We should all have it. We should all appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, you know, that labor communication stuff is so critical. And thank you for showing up uh, when we needed to, to, to sort it out for us, Matt. My pleasure. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, uh, we're going to move on now to our action, call to action and events calendar, uh, which Dougie Fresh uh, is going to uh, to walk us through today. Yes, thank you very much. We have a special election update. May Shuramek, who is running for the 89th district in Jackson County and parts of Madison and Laurel County, she needs the get out to vote help and you can do it. If you're interested in phone banking or helping with lit drops, just contact her campaign. You can send an email to Harry Neak, her field directory, director at harryjneak at gmail.com, or you can head to her Facebook page or website to volunteer. Fair maps. As you know, redistricting is going on these days, or at least they're talking about it. The League of Women Voters is helping inform the redistrict process by a transparent electoral district mapping project in a series of virtual town halls to explain their maps and the redistricting process. Uh, the next one comes up on Tuesday, November 2nd. It's in northern Kentucky, 6.30 to 8 p.m. And it's also virtual. Uh, for form registration information and updates, visit their website at lwb ky.org or there's an email of info at lwvky.org and you need to know about the Chillicothe shindig come to our party to turn kentucky purple you are invited to the progress kentucky Chillicothe shindig sponsored by individual 
We want to get the team together and share plans and strategize to retire Rand in 2022. Join us. We'll provide some food and political fun with a great crew. Promise you'll have fun. Sunday, October 31st, noon to 3 p.m. at Lexington's Shillito Park, over by the mall, shelter number one. Now, that's the, all of our uh, announcements. I'll turn it over to Kimberly for our close. I cannot wait because in my head, I'm hearing that song by Cool and the Jay Gang. You all remember that song called Celebrate Good Times? Come on. We could do the electric slide and whatever else they do, right? So <laughs> we're looking forward to seeing you on Sunday, okay? It will not be a trick. You will have a treat, okay, if you see us on Sunday. So next week on the Kernels of Truth, I'm very excited to say that we're going to talk about petrochemicals. Yes, build out that is planned and underway in the Ohio River Valley and how people can help in the efforts to stop new climate and air pollution products projects from threatening our air, water, and future. We will be joined by the Alice Melendez from Kentucky Extinction Rebellion and hear about their efforts. That is going to be a good show. So make sure you set your clocks, alarms, whatever, because that's going to be a good show. You need to know about that. Also, I just need to do the little disclaimer. Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State, organized as a 501c4, is affiliated with the Indivisible Project and the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, also known as CAVE. Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. If you all are wondering what that noise, can you all hear any kind of a noise in the background, Aaron? Can you all hear anything? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> That's the alarm going off because Lamont made brownies and he jetted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we made burnt brownies today, honey. It might be burnt brownies. Okay. So some graphic. Um, Materials and content were provided by Couchfire Media, okay? Couchfire Media ignites multi-camera, live stream, educational, and commercial video production content. For more information, you can contact the guys over there at couchfiremedia.com. Production this evening was by our own beautiful and wonderful Annabelle Nigel of our social media chair. Yes, she is. Thanks so much for volunteering to help get out our live stream to the people. Annabelle, you've done a excellent job. Like each week, like you get better and like, girl, you are all that. I'm just saying, okay. Uh, and the Jones Report will be coming back very soon. I know you guys are tired of me saying that with Mike Breuer. That's because he's gallivanting all across the country in his brand new RV with his beautiful wife, Lynn, seeing all of America. So we're getting some things together. And also Miss Betsy Foster, one of my closest friends and co-host as well. We're getting things tied up and I will have a date for you next week. How about that? Okay, and then also we cannot go on if we do not. Hey, wait, hey, wait, Kimberly. <laughs> did, 
Do you need to go turn <laughs> off the brownies? I mean, I'm getting nervous because I, I get there's only one thing that happens if you leave the burnt brownies in longer, and I think that's fire. And I don't want like it's not gonna be on fire. It's all okay. Right. It's all yeah. right. You all know, right. dip it in some milk, some almond milk. <laughs> I didn't need that many anyway. I look like I've had too many brownies over the pandemic, you know? So, hey, let it be what it is. I, but, you know, most importantly, I want to say thank you to Nate for the songs that he always creates for us. That song you guys hear is from Nate Orshan, one of the co-hosts that you see from time to time on here. And you can listen to more of his music. I suggest that you do. He's very talented extremely talented and you can go to nato songs that's n-a-t-o songs.com okay now if you miss our lot weekly live stream which i don't know why you would but in case you just did something having to come up like some brownies in the oven some stuff like that then you know what you could always catch us on facebook don't worry do not be alarmed you can see us okay and you can see the source links right there on facebook or we do audio podcast and it's available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. And so, like I say every week, do something nice for somebody. Okay. Today has been a great day. It's been, you know, the wonderful host that we have, Aaron Biles, Mr. Dougie Fresh, as we affectionately call him, Doug Price, with all of the great information he has. Annabelle, we can't say enough about her, and especially our friend and honorary Colonel of Truth, Mr. Matt Ally, who comes on and tells us all about what's going on with the unions. Now, another alarm is going off. Okay, so until next week, okay, and I'll let you know how the brownies were. They're uh, those Godiva chocolate brownies or something. So I'm going to rush and get that, but we'll see you right here next week, same time, same bat channel. Make sure you get and see us next week. And do something nice for somebody. We love you. Bye.